Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Chris DeBolt. I'm the Ontario County Administrator. Uh, last name is D as in dog, E, capital B as in boy, O-L-T. Um, so thank you very much, everybody, for coming today. Um, we're here to talk about the current state of COVID in the Finger Lakes region, specifically Ontario County, uh, the current stress that our hospital system is in, and some steps that we would like our community to consider taking moving into the holiday season. Um, with us today, uh, we are very fortunate to have Senator Pam Helming, Assemblyman Jeff Gallahan, um, Ontario County Chairman Jack Marin, Ontario County Public Health Director Mary Beer, uh, UR Medicine Thompson Health President and CEO Mike Stapleton, President of the Eastern Region at Rochester Regional Health, Dr. Dustin Riccio, and Vice President of Medical Affairs and the Chief Medical Officer for Finger Lakes Health, Dr. Jason Feinberg. So with that, um, I'm going to hand it over to Senator Helming, and then we will move through the program from there. Uh, we will take questions afterwards if there are any. Senator? Thank you, Chris. Good morning, everyone. I want to begin this morning by thanking our hospitals and our healthcare workers for their heroic efforts over the past two years. Um, as you heard, we have Mike Stapleton here, Dr. Riccio, Dr. Feinberg. I want to thank all of you and thank your teams as well for the incredible job that you're doing. I also want to thank Ontario County. We have several of our leaders here today, Chairman Jack Marin, Mary Bears, Krista Bolt. Thank you so much. And of course, we're joined by my partner in the state legislature, Assemblyman Jeff Gallahan. As many of you know, the governor recently said that she is committed to working with local partners to make resources available to fight the virus. I certainly appreciate that commitment. And in an effort to confirm that these resources will be provided to all of our smaller counties and our community hospitals, Yesterday, I reached out to Jackie Bray. Uh, if you don't know Jackie, she's the commissioner of the State Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Services. During our conversation, we talked quite a bit about our needs here, right here in Ontario County, as well as in Seneca County, Wayne County, and Cayuga counties. And my primary concern has been, always will be until we resolve it, is staffing at our hospitals, our rehab centers, and our nursing homes. My office has received numerous calls and inquiries from administrators, from patients, from patient advocates and others about the critical need to address the staffing crisis that we're experiencing. Uh, many of you know that I have family members who are nurses, who are physician's assistants, and I have many friends who work in the healthcare industry. All of these folks are dedicated professionals who care deeply about their patients. And they're working long, long hours to make up for staff shortages. And they've been working these challenging schedules for almost two years now. I'm very, very concerned about the long-term well-being of our employees. Our healthcare employees and our healthcare systems, they need relief and they need assistance. They cannot continue under the present circumstances. We all know that we had a nursing shortage pre-pandemic and it's only grown and intensified since the pandemic began. People like Meg Stapleton, Dr. Riccio, Dr. Feinberg, Dr. Acevedo, organizations like Haney's, 
leading age in the rural healthcare network have been sounding the alarm about the workforce shortages for many, many years now. And in addressing the nursing shortage, uh, the DOH, the Department of Health for New York State, has issued a number of reports. <clears throat> in one of the most recent reports, they stressed the importance of taking a comprehensive approach about the need to maintaining workforce flexibility and flexible staffing solutions. Yet, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be candid, and I'm going to tell you that I'm not sure that we've seen the state execute these recommendations. For instance, one of the things that I've really pushed and wondered about is if we had followed a flexible staffing solution, if we'd exercised a flexible staffing solution and we allowed certain healthcare workers a rigorous testing alternative to the vaccine mandate, perhaps we could have minimized the current dire situation that we have. As I said, this is certainly something that I advocated for. The state has offered limited short-term staffing assistance. They utilize the National Guard that's been offered by the federal government. They've taken advantage of um, reassigning EMTs and encouraging hospitals and nursing homes to hire traveling nurse services from out of state and even from outside of our country. But the reality is, I don't believe we have received adequate assistance out here in our rural communities. And the reality of the cost of traveling nurse services, it's just not achievable for so many of our small community hospitals and our nursing homes here in my Senate district. Um, what I've heard from so many administrators is over the last decade, their reimbursement rates have not been increased. This is definitely something that needs to be addressed and it's a priority as we look to the new legislation, new legislative session coming up in January. But the bottom line is that our hospitals and our nursing homes, they need help with staffing and they need it right now. I wanna be very, very, very clear on one point. Throughout these challenging times, Thompson, Clifton, Geneva, Newark, Auburn Community Hospital, they have all provided exceptional patient care. But the mandates and the restrictive policies have made their jobs so much harder. I think it's very important, you know, we're in the Rochester media, the other part of my district is in the, the Syracuse media market, and we hear all the time about what's happening at the larger teaching hospitals, the university hospitals, and, and so forth. But when mandates are forced down by the state, they have one, an impact on these larger hospitals, but the impact that we feel here at our smaller community hospitals and our nursing homes, it's so much greater. We feel it tenfold compared to those large university hospitals. Our residents here, they need to be able to get timely and quality care locally. Not in Westchester, which is where a 93-year-old constituent of mine who lives in Seneca County recently had to travel for a routine procedure. Or to my Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City, which is where a mother uh, with three children who lives in Ontario County was forced to go when her surgery at a local hospital was canceled not once, but twice because of state mandates. To me, this is all about priorities. And to me, the priority should not be about directing funding to our counties to enforce a mask mandate, right? The governor just said more than $60 million is gonna go out to counties to enforce this masking mandate. I don't agree with that at all. The number one priority should be on staffing. We need to help our local hospitals and our nursing homes. When it comes to testing sites, of the seven new testing sites just announced by the governor, one site 
one will be located in the Finger Lakes. And it's going to be in Orleans County, which you all know is a tremendous distance for people who live in this area. To help us keep our kids in school and our businesses open, more dedicated testing sites or mobile units, similar to like we have the mobile mammography units that go out. We need more of that throughout the Finger Lakes region. And those millions of test kits that we've heard about that are going to be distributed throughout the state, we need to ensure, and I have been told by the commissioner, that we will receive our fair share right here in the 54th district. I just want to take a moment to commend Mary Bears and Jamie Farr, the superintendent of the Canandaigua City School District. They were uh, one of the first, they were the leaders to implement the test to stay plan to help ensure our kids can remain in school full time. And I'm glad to see that the state is, will now allow rapid tests to be used for test to stay programs. To me, this is clear evidence that we can come to an agreement. We can come to a consensus of policies to best support the people of our state. We can all agree to keep our schools and our businesses open. Now, I strongly believe we can do the exact same thing to support our hospitals, our nursing homes, and our counties. Again, I want to thank our hospitals and our healthcare workers and our county teams for their tremendous efforts during these trying times. And at this time, it is my pleasure to introduce to you our Assemblyman Jeff Gallahan. Thank you, Senator. Thank you, Senator Helming. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for coming today. I'm Assemblyman Jeff Gallahan, and I represent all of Ontario County and parts of Seneca County. We've gathered here today ahead of two busy back-to-back -back holiday weekends to stress to our residents while the holiday season is a time for celebration and often coming together, it's more important than ever to stay safe and to stay healthy. We know that this is a very busy time of year for people and that many have not fully understood our healthcare systems and the stress that they are currently under. And I'll leave those updates to our hospital leaders as they're seeing in real time, day-to-day -day situations in our Ontario County hospitals. I'm proud, along with Senator Pam Helming, we're both former members of the Ontario County Board of Supervisors, and I know from my previous and current experience with the county officials here that they're working extremely hard to deliver the best services to residents in their, during this pandemic. Tomorrow, there'll be a drive-through clinic at the Highway County facility. And another one on December 30th, there'll be another event there. And residents can take advantage of these free clinics ahead of your gatherings so that you're being vigilant about your safety and your family's safety. These clinics are free. They're drive-through. You don't have to worry about getting out of your car, slipping on ice, going through an entryway. They're also very, very accessible. The county will also be receiving additional take-home testing kits, and our county leaders will have details on those in the very near future, and I believe today. So I'll leave you with this. We don't want celebrations to turn into hospital stays. If you're compromised, take the necessary precautions to protect yourself. If you have friends or family that are compromised, please pay attention to their vulnerability and do the right thing. And if you're feeling ill, by all means, stay home. And please have a safe and happy holiday season. With that said, I'd like to introduce Jack Marin, Chairman, of the Ontario County Board of Supervisors. Good morning to the members of the media. Thank you for your attendance. 
certainly the members of the Board of Supervisors, about a half dozen of them here today. appreciate your attendance here as well. I do want to echo um, Senator Helming's uh, applause and thank yous to our hospitals. Can't thank them enough for what they've done. Um, I'm going to act as a bit of a cheerleader here. I want to thank our Director of Public Health, who will be our next speaker, Mary Beer. I want to thank Mary, her entire staff. I want to thank all of our county employees and our county residents who have volunteered their time We're at these vaccine centers, uh, testing sites. I can't thank them enough. I do want to make an appeal, though. At this time, I want to make an appeal to the public. And that appeal is because a year ago plus, all of our hospital workers, anyone involved in the health community, were at this level of a pedestal. And now they're subjected daily to abuse, verbal abuse from people. And I see it here in our own county with our own county employees. And that's just wrong. Yesterday, I was following, uh, heading to an appointment. And along the sidewalk, I saw students lining up for a bus, a bus that I could not see. Each and every one of those students waiting for that bus wearing a mask. Elementary age children, they didn't have to have the mask on yet, but I think when they put their coats on to go out there, gloves and hats, they put the mask on. We as adults, we are individuals that the younger generation look at us to set examples. And my takeaway after seeing those young elementary students yesterday, right now, they're the example setters. They're the ones that we should be following. So I, I am appealing to the adults, those who have children of their own, grandparents, keep those children in school. There's only one way to keep them in school. Keep them safe. Keep yourself safe. Do the right thing. Wear a mask. Get vaccinated. Get the booster. Be safe. Thank you all. God bless. And at this time, our Director of Public Health, Ms. Mary Beer. Thank you, Jack. So, Ontario County continues to be considered in a high transmission rate of COVID, according to the C um, CDC, and this has been true since August. We are still in very high numbers. As of today, they seem to be leveling off just a little bit, but it's pretty scary that yesterday we had 70 cases. Already this morning we had 40, so by the end of the day I'll probably have many more. And um, that's pretty frightening going into a holiday when we're going to be gathering. The number of hospitalizations are the highest this past month that we've ever experienced, and some of these individuals are very, very ill, as the, the doctors will speak to. So one of the things that uh, we've done is we've been looking at our, our data. Sadly, this Christmas, this holiday season, 144 of our residents will be gathering without family members. We have lost 144 of our residents. That is sad. And 30 of them since September. And when I looked and went into research those cases, only one of those deaths, of those 30 deaths, has received a booster. 18 of the 30 had not received vaccination at all. 
And one of the reasons that I'm very concerned is that our their nursing homes do not have a high rate of boosters. They have the vaccine, but they're waiting for permission from the families. So I would implore you, if you have a family member in a nursing home, please give them the permission to give that booster. It is critical, and it is critical right now. I did another study of um, a four-day period and I looked at all of our adult admissions into the program that were positive for COVID. There were 231 individuals. This was about a week and a half ago. And for 52% of those were not vaccinated. And 42% had no boost. It is so obvious when you look at the data and when we look at what's going on and we see how severe some cases are versus other, the boosters are very critical and our boost rate is not high enough. The, re the vaccine is readily available. Come to our clinics, come to the pharmacies, get your booster. I cannot stress that enough. Overall, our vaccine rates have been pretty good in the, in the county. Even we were number one for the, the little ones, the five-year-olds. But it's not enough. It's not enough. So really just encourage people to, to really consider getting the vaccine and most importantly, get that boost. It definitely does wane. So last year, we saw the holidays really posing a problem. But the good news is we have more strategies this year than we did last year. This year we do have vaccine. So many people can gather very, very safely. We also this year have medications that have been proven effective. So hopefully we will be able to get through this holiday in a very safe way. Last year we stressed wearing the mask and again we do that. We, um, we did not mandate that, the, the governor did. But please adhere to wearing the mask, it does make a difference. And the other thing that's very key is that we're also seeing flu in our county. We've actually had a couple of patients who have both positive for COVID and positive for flu at the same time. I sure wouldn't want to be that person. So please get your flu shot, that is also critical. That is circulating in our county as we speak. So testing, we um, are definitely ramping up testing. We have a test clinic tomorrow, and uh, we are working on our strategy on how to distribute masks. Unfortunately, um, we have received many, many inquiries about why isn't Ontario giving out free masks or free test kits like Monroe County? We didn't get the funding to be able to do that, but now with the help of all of all of our legislators and our county administrators and really putting a lot of pressure on the streets, we are getting masks. So we are expecting a big load today, some more next week, and we're working on our strategies to get those out to and to get them out equitably. One of the things that I'm most proud about is the work that our department has done with our schools. Our schools and superintendents meet with myself and, and Krista Boat every week, and we talk about strategies on how to keep the kids in school and how to do that safely. As uh, um, somebody mentioned, that we do um, test to stay in almost every one of our schools, and one school is not, but they're working on getting there. So through a grant from the state, we did provide a test kit, a test machine in every nurse's office in my county. And to date, we have 
um, identified over 250 children that were positive, that we were able to get out of the schools quicker and then test so those children that were exposed to them could stay in school as long as they did not um, convert and have COVID. So that has been critical. And in, in, as well as that, now there's a mandate that anyone who's not vaccinated who works in a school must be tested weekly. So we've been doing pool testing, and to that end we found about 30 people who had no symptoms at all, who would have been walking and spreading around. So this program has been very, very um, well done in our schools, and I'm very proud of them. And a, a big kudos goes to the nurses in the schools who do not get enough credit for what they do, but they've been working very hard and have done a great job. So we're, we're very pleased with that. Lastly, I just want to close with saying that um, we aren't saying not to gather for the holidays. We're saying use your head, think it through, try to keep your numbers smaller, and really have a safe holiday. Last year, I had to have Christmas by phone with my 90-year-old mother, who, how many Christmases do I have left with her? This year, we're all bo boosted, so we're going to have a teeny-weeny little celebration, but at least we'll be opening our presents together. So it can be done. Just be safe. Be, use common sense. Be careful. Thank you, and have a great, great holiday. Thank you, Mary. <clears throat> so now I'd like to turn it over to the hospital administrators um, to talk directly to the experience that they and their staffs have on the ground here in the hospitals in Ontario County. So with that, I'd like to hand it over to Mike Stapleton from FF Thompson. Thank you, everybody, and I, I'd really like to thank everybody behind us. We, we really hit a crisis point last week, and I sent out an email to most of the folks behind us. So not necessarily to go back in the past, but at one point last week, our emergency room is built for 24 people, and we had 44 people in our emergency room. We had 19 patients waiting for inpatient beds, including four ICU patients. And when we called the New York State Department of Health Surgeon Flexline, the closest available ICU bed was in Orange County. That's the situation we're dealing with every single day and why we are here today to make a plea. To sum it up, we can still safely care for our community, but that is being threatened, plain and simple. And if things don't change, our ability to safely care for our community is going to be under an enormous threat. As many people here have said, we are begging, we are pleading with the community, please get vaccinated. Please get your boosters and please wear your mask when you are in public. Not because somebody's telling you to, but because it's the right thing to do to protect yourself, to protect your loved ones, and to protect those around you. Right now, today, you know, looking at the facts, we have over 100 people in the hospital at Thompson. We have 34 COVID patients in the hospital. 28 of them are unvaccinated. 82% are unvaccinated. We have 14 ICU patients. Our ICU is built for 12. 10 of those patients are COVID-related, and all 10 are unvaccinated. I beg and plead with people to get vaccinated and protect yourselves because it's your choice to protect yourselves and to protect your loved ones. You know, a couple people have, have mentioned the nursing home problem. That is a crisis that is not getting enough attention in our community. This Finger Lakes region has lost 1,600 nursing home beds since the beginning of this pandemic related to staffing. So for our hospital today, we have 11 patients who are stable, 
who are still in med surge beds who don't need our care, but there's no nursing home to send them to. And while some, some steps are being taken, the National Guard showed up at Monroe Community Hospital. Thank God for our National Guard. But the reality is that's 26 people who were able to open up 40 additional beds. That only solved 2.5% of the problem. And that problem is not going to get better. And then think about what's happening to us in healthcare right now. We are being told to pause surgeries. We didn't need to be told to pause surgeries. We did it three months ago. All right. But think about that. We have people who are stable in our hospitals who need to get into a nursing home. But yet we're telling our community members, we can't do your surgery because there's no place to put you. That is wrong. We need to address this nursing home problem. And in conclusion, we are petrified about the upcoming flu season. We were very fortunate last year to not have a flu season. And last, last week, the data that came out last week, New York State has already surpassed the total number of positive flu cases than we experienced in all of last year. If we have a significant flu season, we will be brought to our knees. So not only the COVID vaccine, but please get vaccinated for the flu. We have to protect ourselves. You have to protect your loved ones. Please stay safe and make smart decisions. Thanks, everybody. So my name is Dr. Dustin Riccio. I'm the president of Clifton Springs Hospital and Clinic in Newark Wayne Community Hospital with Rochester Regional Health. And a very sim similar message to uh, what Mike Stapleton said as well. And I think from my perspective, the first thing I'd like to recognize is what this press conference is. This press conference is a collaboration that we have done throughout the pandemic. And that's a collaboration between the hospitals, uh, myself, Finger Lakes Health, uh, U of R, and also with our county administrators, very appreciative for all the support, as well as Senator Helming and Assemblyman Gallahan. So we're really appreciative of coming together to give this message moving forward, because as Michael said, it really is about capacity and the capacity at both of our hospitals at Newark Wayne Community Hospital, as well as Clifton Springs Hospital and Clinic is extremely difficult right now. And as we move forward, uh, what we are looking at is increasing boarding. Those are admitted patients that are in the emergency department uh, that are unable to go upstairs because we have such a backflow problem across both of our campuses. At Newark Wayne, we hit a, a peak of 21 boarders in our emergency department, which is a 18-bed emergency department. And at Clifton Springs, we have continued boarding uh, there as well, uh, which impacts our ability to care for people that are coming in from the outside. And the capacity in our ICUs, as Michael described as well, is severely limited at this time. We have all of our ICU beds across both campuses that are filled. And Rochester Regional Health, we have 80 to 90% of our ICU beds that are filled with unvaccinated individuals that are both ventilated and intubated. Obviously, which strains the resources, as Senator Helming described, with our increased uh, nurse staffing vacancies across all of our systems. <clears throat> and so we're asking for community support. That community support comes with making informed decisions around vaccination. Uh, that's a vaccination of not just COVID-19, but also flu. I completely agree with Michael that our flu season last year, because we vaccinated, excuse me, because we masked and we washed our hands very well, was minimal at best. Uh, we are already seeing flu cases come here, and we are expecting a significantly increased uh, level from last year. This year, that is going to, as he described, put us in a very difficult position across all of our already strained campuses. And it's also around getting boosted if you have both of your uh, vaccina vaccinations from a COVID standpoint, because we do see that vaccination and that immunity waning as we move forward. 
And then everyone has already said it too. Uh, the masks are such a simple way to prevent this. Uh, we saw it last year in preventing flu spread. And we believe that this is one of the simplest ways that we can actually prevent this moving forward. So we need that community support because it's really about care continuation. And that care continuation comes in not just caring for the COVID-19 burden that's happening across all of our campuses, but rather caring for and continuing to care for the heart attacks that are going to come through that are going to be difficult to care for, the strokes that we need to care for on a daily basis, the traumas, the bumps and bruises that we want to give back to the community, let alone the surgeries that we believe this community, community deserves as well. And so in conclusion, I do believe that, as Michael said and everyone else has said, that we can safely celebrate the holidays with our loved one, loved ones using common sense, staying masked while indoors, uh, making sure that we're vaccinated and boosted, and I do believe we can have a safe holiday season. Thank you. Hi, my name is Dr. Jason Feinberg. I'm from Finger Lakes Health and represent two hospitals, Geneva General Hospital, as well as Soldiers and Sailors Memorial Hospital. And it's my pleasure to be here and thank you for inviting me. I want to thank the leadership of uh, Senator Helming, uh, Mary Beers, and the entire uh, public health of Ontario County. Uh, they have been leaders since day one uh, uh, with uh, supporting our hospital systems. And I do want to thank both uh, Rochester Regional um, and uh, University of Rochester for being such great colleagues and, and, and cooperation has been extended to Finger Lakes Health during this in many different ways uh, uh, that have been helpful to our community. We too are, have been stressed at both of our hospitals. Our employees are very resilient. They've been at this for 18 months. Yes, there have been some good times and peaks and valleys like this summer, uh, but we are again back in some very difficult days that if folks were vaccinated, I do not believe we would be in. Staffing shortages included, uh, this has made it much, much, much tougher. Um, I say this pretty confidently because last year were the darkest days in the Finger Lakes. Right now, during this time, we saw more deaths in our nursing homes because we didn't have a vaccine. So I work at least once a week in a nursing home. And I go there and I've seen folks who had been fully vaccinated uh, test positive for COVID this fall and right now. And you know what? They're laughing, they're walking around, they're eating, and they're not sick. Now, that doesn't go for everybody. That's not 100%. But most people who have been fully vaccinated and boosted that are testing positive now in our nursing homes, they're not dying. We're not making those awful phone calls to loved ones. Yep, she passed because of COVID, because they've been vaccinated. The vaccine is working, and it works best, just like any other vaccine, when you get a booster. So you, your, your antibodies go up and you're very uh, protected uh, when you complete your initial series. Uh, but then it, it declines over time and it's just not as effective. That's why we have yearly uh, vaccines for, for certain um, viral conditions. So I really emphasize the importance of this. The mask wearing is absolutely essential, uh, particularly when we have such high rates of transmission in our county. So when you see the signs at Wegmans and other stores going up, please follow those. You know, like those children, they're following the rules. Just follow the rules, get vaccinated, and you will help us tremendously. I, I really make this plea, uh, and I wanted to share you those, those, what my personal observations are as a doctor, because I think they're very important. 
Uh, I say this every night to my children who, thank God, uh, did not argue with us uh, uh, about getting vaccinated uh, because I truly feel uh, it will protect them, but it will also protect others. It's not just for yourself. It's for other folks. It's, if you're not sick with the virus, it's unlikely you'll transmit the virus, even if you have it and you test positive. Uh, so all those things are really beneficial. Um, lastly, I, I, I just want to thank all the healthcare workers and all the people who are promoting vaccination, promoting mask wearing, washing your hands. All those things are completely uh, uh, need to be at the foremind of everybody. So um, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Feinberg and, and everybody. So I'd like to thank the media uh, for coming today, and I'd like to thank all the folks behind me. Um, this is a true collaboration and a true partnership. Um, I don't think we've ever faced anything like this, and we couldn't do it without everybody that's up here today. Um, I can't stress enough the importance of vaccinations. Everybody's mentioned it today. I'm going to mention it again. Um, our data indicates that if you are fully vaccinated, even though you may test positive, you will not be uh, as sick as if you were unvaccinated. Similarly, the importance of the boosters. Um, and it appears that our nursing home residents may be particularly vulnerable this time of year. They certainly were last year. Um, we did just get some data from the state yesterday, late in the day, about our vaccination booster rates among the nursing homes. The vaccination rates are very high. The booster rates could use some improvement. So if you have a loved one in a nursing home, please check on them. Make sure that they understand the importance of getting boosted. If you're in a situation where your consent is required for that individual, that loved one, to get their booster, please call the facility and ensure that you've given that consent so that your loved one can get the booster and the protection that they need. Um, a lot has been in the news lately about the Omicron variant and uh, its contagion. We all saw what happened down in Tompkins County and what is currently happening in New York City. Uh, I just confirmed this with Mary Beer before I stepped up here. We do not have a confirmed uh, sequenced case of Omicron here in Ontario County as of yet. I do think it's safe to say that it's here. Um, our surveillance is probably not as robust as some other places uh, in the country and in the world. Uh, so we should all assume that Omicron is circulating within our community. Um, I know there was some rejoicing and some consternation uh, when I released a statement last Monday regarding Ontario County's um, inability to effectively enforce Governor Hochul's vax or mask mandate. I didn't intend to imply that masking in public was not important. As every speaker today has said, it is critically important. And it's not only important to protect your own health, but to protect everyone around you. And you never know that person in front of you at the grocery store or the person that you pass in the post office. They may not be able to get the vaccine or their efficaciousness of that vaccine may be much less than yours because of some condition that you have no idea about. So don't wear a mask just for yourself. Wear a mask to be a good community member and protect everyone else around you. Um, I don't have any details yet on the $65 million that Governor Hochul announced yesterday that would be going to counties to help with the enforcement. Uh, so I can't answer questions as to what or how that may influence or change Ontario County's stance. At this point, I would like to call on our community members, just like many speakers have here today, to just do the right thing. Mask up. Um, you don't need to do it because it's mandated by the state. You need to do it because it's the right thing to do, and it's the holiday season. We should be spreading cheer, not COVID. 
So just throw a mask on when you're out in public. And if you're not vaccinated, please go get vaccinated. We have clinics every single week. You can go on the Ontario County Public Health website, find the links to that. Um, and we offer boosters or initial vaccines every single week. And we are thrilled to do them. Be cautious and be conscientious when you get together for the holidays. Uh, it's been a dark two years, almost two years for everybody. We need to be with our families. We need some joy uh, this holiday season in the darkest parts of the year. Be cognizant of those family members and loved ones who may be at an increased risk to developing serious disease from COVID infection as you do so. Um, if you, I have a two-year-old who can't get vaccinated and my parents are at increased risk, so he's still gonna see his grandparents, but I may try to keep him a little bit apart. I may see about him wearing a mask the whole time. Um, use your common sense, get together with your loved ones, celebrate the holidays, but do it responsibly. Um, we were also notified earlier this week by the state that we will be getting a shipment of KN95 masks from the New York State Strategic Reserve. Uh, I don't have details on the number we will be receiving. We expect them sometime this week or next week. We will coordinate a distribution plan. Uh, we have that formulated at this point. Once we get the masks, know how many we have and when we will get them. We will post uh, information to all of you good folks as well as to our websites and social media pages. Uh, so please be on the lookout for that. Um, I would like to reiterate, I think it was Senator Helming who started with this. Uh, kudos to Mary Beer and also all of the school superintendents in Ontario County. Um, Ontario County was the first county in the region to implement the test to stay strategy. We have been meeting weekly with the school superintendents um, for well over a year. Uh, every Monday morning, we get together with them and we talk about what's going on in their school, what's going on with their community, what we're seeing at the regional level and at the county level and how we can assist them. It was through that close partnership and collaboration that we were able to get all the details worked out to be able to do test to stay. I'd like to reiterate to the community our commitment and the Board of Supervisors' commitments to keeping schools open and kids in the classroom. We will continue to do whatever we have to do to ensure the schools have the resources to keep their doors open and keep as many kids in the classroom as possible. Um, the next few weeks and potentially months are going to be trying for our community and stand the potential to be highly dynamic with things needing to change on a moment's notice. Um, we encourage the public to continue to look at our websites and social media pages. I thank the media. Um, I thank you for your continued determination throughout this pandemic to get critical information out to our community. And I hope that we can rely on you as partners going forward to push information out if and when it becomes available. Thank you for asking the tough questions. Thank you for getting the answers for those who rely on you for that information. Um, lastly, I would like to th thank everyone who participated today. Um, it's critical that we listen to the hospital administrators and do what we can to limit the strain on the hospital system. On a personal note, I have a two-year-old who is a complete daredevil. We recently moved so that we're three minutes from the emergency room at Thompson. And my eight-year-old, when we did it, he goes, let's do a dry run to the emergency room. So we did it. It was three minutes. He goes, oh, that's good. Okay, we can get Caleb there if he hurts himself. I told my wife the other day, just kind of in passing while we were cooking dinner, that Thompson was on diversion today. And she goes, oh, my God, what do we, what do, we do if Caleb hurts himself? So from my family to all of yours, please, for the sake of my two-year-old and for my wife's sanity, let's try to give the, the hospitals a break, do what we can to reduce the spread. Um, I cannot say enough for Mary Beer, her entire public health staff, Brian Young, 
who is the, the king of all things clinic, whether it be testing or vaccination at the county. And really more impactful to me is the community volunteers who show up in the cold and the rain and the snow or the 90 degree heat and stand out there for six hours at a time at the CTC for no compensation other than they feel like they're doing something positive for their community. To all of those volunteers out there, thank you. We could not have done this without you. We certainly couldn't have navigated this without Mary and Brian and their leadership, um, but our community has pulled together in a way that is absolutely amazing. So thank you to everyone. And thank you for our, to our community members just for the resilience in continuing to take this seriously, continuing to try to protect one another. And hopefully we can all have a happy holiday and a safe holiday. So with that, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Thank you all for coming today. Are there any questions? So yeah, I apologize. I think I skipped over that page. Um, we are expecting our first delivery of at-home tests from the state today. Um, so that is going to be unique and distinct from the test that the governor announced that residents could request via the web portal. It's also going to be separate from what the president announced yesterday as far as the 500 million tests um, that will be coming from the federal government, ostensibly, I think, through the same mechanism. Um, so we're expecting about 4,400 tests today. We've been told to expect those for the next few weeks, so similar amounts over the next couple of weeks. As everything else, um, there, are, there have been supply chain issues. We thought initially we were going to get those tests last week, uh, and now we're hopeful they're going to come today. We are anticipating we're going to do a drive-through um, distribution event for those take-home tests on uh, Thursday, December 30th. We had originally scheduled it as a testing clinic. Um, but we think it's probably we can do more volume and more good for the community by just handing out test kits for folks to do at home as opposed to testing people there. Um, we haven't pushed out any information about that because we don't have the tests yet. But as soon as we physically have the tests and know what we can plan, we will do that. If the um, supply chain that we've been told to expect from the state comes to fruition and we have a regular supply, then we will announce the plan that we've developed for uh, community distribution. So we'll be sending it out to local community organizations and then they can distribute in addition to what we do. So as soon as we know with more clarity what we can expect and when we can expect it, we'll have details to share. Senator, uh, Michael, you start on statistic about 1,600 nursing home beds being gone from the Finger Lakes region since the start of the pandemic. I'm wondering, you mentioned that you had conversations with the governor's administration yeah. about resources to try and help the nursing homes in the more rural counties. Did you get any promises? Did they say that they'll send more National Guard members anywhere in particular? I mean, we see in Monroe County, it, it's made, it's like one bucket bailing out a sinking ship, but hey, um, I guess any hands are better than none. So have they promised, has she promised you or her administration promised you anything to help in this? So the commissioner yesterday committed to me that she would get to me the data of the resources that have already been designated in this area. And you know, Jennifer, you hear this all the time, that when they talk about the Finger Lakes so often, and I don't want to take away from Rochester, I represent part of Monroe County, 
but so often those resources stay right in the city of Rochester. And then on the news, we hear about how the Finger Lakes has received all these resources, when in reality, my rural communities have really seen next to nothing, right? So that was our conversation about how we need our fair share. And speaking specifically about my number one concern, alleviating the staffing crisis in the nursing homes, as Mike Stapleton said, so that we could move people then from the hospitals into the nursing homes where they should be, freeing up that space in the hospitals. Um, I was told that I would be getting a report today that would show resources that were available. To me, I think this is where it gets tricky. Uh, the state wants our hospitals and our nursing homes to provide them with data too, but I think that sometimes, and I'm, I'm not speaking for anyone behind me, but sometimes what I hear is that there's a reluctance or a hesitation to share the information because there's a potential of the state coming back and in, in some way penalizing, uh, whether it's a nursing home, a rehab center, or a small community hospital. So I think that is something that uh, Assemblyman Gallahan and I have talked about and how we are committed to staying on top of this if it means a phone call every single day to both the governor's office and um, the commissioner, Jackie Bray. There was a commitment that if we needed help, she talked about the National Guard that was available, the members to the federal government. She also mentioned that you know they were taking EMT resources from both public and private uh, agencies, but no numbers, no figures. And I guess for me personally, and again, I feel like I can't speak for anyone behind me. This is just Pam Helming. Uh, but even listening to the county, and again, I represent six counties. so. What you hear here, I hear pretty much across six counties. When they talk about, yes, we should be getting this, and yes, it should be here by next week, or this or that, it really, that lack of communication, that lack of understanding exactly what you're going to receive, really hampers, whether we're talking about a county, a nursing home, a hospital, whoever it is, their ability to plan and plan appropriately in a timely manner. I would like to see increased communication, you know, increased reliability. When we hear these numbers, you heard, 65 million being committed to counties to enforce mask mandates. But what does that mean and how much are the counties going to get? We need more detail, right? It can't just be um, governing by press conference. We've got to have the details. There has to be more transparency, more communication. We're around 30% of those that are eligible to, for, for boosters have been boosted. Um, we have first dose in the high 70s, um, second dose in the high 60s. So we actually, if you go, you can go to Finger Lakes hub, Vaccine Hub and you can see the rates of all the counties in the region and you can see that um, Ontario has done much better than many of the counties. It's still not good enough. Again, I don't want to split too fine a hair here. Um, we didn't adopt it or not adopt it. I was trying to set reasonable expectations for both our merchants and our residents that we need to rely on everybody um, 
complying because it's the right thing to do, not because they're being told to do it, because there was no way we could be out there to check and to make sure they're doing it. Um, again, without knowing, I struggle to wrap my head around how there would be a realistic situation where we could enforce it. I think this is probably more impactful for us to get up and give our residents and our community members the information they need to understand how important it is for them to mask up in public. Um, I think that's probably our, our best effort and our, our most uh, impactful way we can help our community. If each of the health systems could answer this, um, you know, just from your anecdotal experience even, um, you mentioned, and I've heard mentioned many times, this flex and surge line that you call, and they basically give you the next closest available bed anywhere in the state, right? How often are you calling that line, and how often are you getting beds that are hundreds of miles away. So every time we go on diversion, we have to call that line to basically get permission to go on diversion. Then they put it out that we're on diversion. So at Thompson, we've been on diversion four or five times in the last three weeks. And then as we go through all, giving them all the data, which takes about 25 minutes per call, we tell them what our situation is, what's our situational analysis, how many beds are we lacking, so on and so forth. And then they tell us who has availability. So one thing we're very you know, we're very, very fortunate here is we all talk, you know, you know, Rochester Regional and UR Medicine are separate systems, but I know when he doesn't have beds, he knows when I don't have beds, we give him a heads up and Dr. Acevedo heads up and we're going on diversion because they're going to get busier, right? So we all talk, we, we do this on a regular basis, but then we say, we need ICU beds. And they're like, well, who have you called? I said, we've called every hospital in Buffalo. We've called every hospital in Syracuse. We've called every hospital in Rochester, and we called Guthrie down in Sarah, Pennsylvania, and nobody has critical care beds. Where's the closest bed? And then they will take data, and they'll call back in about 45 minutes to an hour and say, it's Orange County. And then we've got to go into a room and tell a family whose loved one just had a stroke that we're going to transfer your family member 250 miles away. That's not okay. That, that shouldn't be happening. We've got to make sure we have the resources here. And when we called, I think it was Thursday, was the last time we had to go on diversion. All of our boarders, all of our ICU critical care patients in the ED were all COVID positive. There were a couple of hospitals that had bed, they wouldn't take COVID positive patients. You know, so it gets to a point that you can only take care of so many people. And that's why we're all here and we all have that same message. This can't get worse than it already is. Our system is being taxed. Our ability to safely care for people is being threatened. We've got to take care of ourselves. We've got to make the right decisions. Uh, so from a Rochester Regional Health standpoint, yes, we've, we've been on diversion, and I think from what Michael said is absolutely true. So there is a, a process that goes in, into going on diversion, and that means that we are calling that flex and surge hotline. From a local perspective, we've been on diversion four times, I believe, uh, very similar to U of R, FF Thompson, uh, over the past two months. In the prior five years of doing this job, uh, just to put it in perspective, uh, we have not been on diversion uh, ever at Clifton Springs. And so that, again, speaks to the, uh, the criticality of the situation that we're in. And to Michael's point as well, I mean, it, this is not about fear of the virus. This is about fear of overloading the health system. And as we move forward into the next two to three weeks, which are going to be very difficult, uh, we are concerned about that, obviously. So, yes, we're, we're using that hotline. We're using it frequently. Um, you know, I, 
Finger Lakes Health uh, is adverse to going on diversion, and we've had to go on diversion. Uh, diversion does not help our communities, but it, when it becomes uh, so overwhelmed with critical patients we can't take care of them, we're hoping that there's another option for an ambulance to go to to get that patient the right care that they need, knowing that uh, we are overwhelmed. We experienced that. Uh, about two weeks ago, we actually were down to one ventilator left uh, in our facility uh, and with, with people that were likely going to need more ventilators. Uh, and so we went on diversion uh, to establish enough time to borrow three from the University of Rochester. Um, <clears throat> so that's how critical things are um, uh, at times. Um, last evening, uh, we uh, could not get ambulances to take patients uh, to um, uh, their destinations uh, without specifics, uh, but the uh, state has opened up a surge operations uh, program uh, and stations now. The state has ambulances in Batavia, Syracuse, and Albany, and we utilized two of those ambulances last night because local resources were overwhelmed. Um, so this is, this is the criticality uh, of the situation that we're in. Um, as well, then no one's, if, if everybody's on diversion, no one's on diversion. Right. Uh, that's, the, that's, that's just the point. So that is happening in Syracuse right now. Syracuse is basically the way they're doing it, is they're saying, okay, this hospital's taking patients from EMS for two hours, then they're done, and it's a rotational basis. We don't want to get to that point. We, we, we can't get to that point. Yeah, exactly. Because there could be a heart attack on an ambulance. Correct. Everybody's closed. Correct. And so, I that, can... but that, so that still goes... That still goes to the nearest hospital. Yes. Somebody drops right here, even if Thompson happens to be on diversion, they're going to Thompson. Right. And we're going to stabilize them, we're going to save them. That still happens, right? So diversion is not like that? Correct. If, it's a, if it meets ALS protocol, ACLS protocol, all these different protocols that are out there, they still are taking to the closest hospital. You know, but, you know, a, a, a fall with fracture to nursing home, you know, that might be right around the corner from us is going to go to Clifton or is going to go to Geneva. And that, that's what the diversion helps. It it, it, and it's all based on acuity. And honestly, it's not always based on volume. It's based on how many of these high-level acuity patients you have at one time. And we are, we are to compensate for the situations that uh, both Mike and Dustin have uh, described, is we're taking care of intensive care patients on drips and ventilated in the emergency room for a prolonged period of time. And that is not the right environment. Nobody wants to do that. But when forced to do it, we will do it because we'll do whatever we can for our community. I do want to expand on county administrator. There was a question, uh, his comment, there was a question regarding the mask in Ontario County. Ontario County did not come out and say we don't support the governor's mask mandate. And actually, it was about resources. I did have a surprise phone call this past Monday. It was the governor herself called me and asked, my understanding Ontario County is not supporting the mandate. And I said, that's inaccurate, governor. I said, we don't have the resources, and I'm certainly not going to distribute or send those resources out there to play mask police at this time. I had taken a call from uh, the manager at Eastview Mall, his staff, security staff trying to do the right thing, asking people to wear the mask, and they were subjected to, again, nastiness of individuals. I don't want anyone to be put in harm's way by misbehaving people. So 
the governor in our conversation that we ended on a high note and how can I help Ontario County? And I, and I know Senator Helming uh, touched on that. How you can help us, Governor, is with masks, test kits, test kits for we can share with our school districts. And that's what we want our staff to focus on, again, testing and vaccinating individuals. Um, the public, you're going to agree and disagree with uh, Mr. Marin and others here as well. As, as far as wearing the mask, that's fine. You have the right to that. That's your right. But I'm, what I'm asking, and all of us are asking, is that you respect one another. And again, do it for your children. Do it for your grandchildren. Thank you.